Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, before we start, I want to really appreciate our prayer ministry people. Very awesome men and women, very committed to serving Jesus in a very quiet place. They are not seen, they are not known, but they are very, very committed and very effective. I just want to appreciate them and to let you know that I can't thank you enough. Thank you for what you do. Amen? Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have to hear your word. It's always a time of blessing when you talk to us because your word brings us healing. Your word brings us life. Your word brings us wisdom. Your word sets us free. Your word is the food of our spirit. Thank you for this blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, we've been focusing on the living Christ, the living Jesus. In this uh, Living World Conference, focusing on the blessing of healing. You know, our thing this year is blessed. And then we're trying to bring out what the blessings are. Because mostly we don't reckon with the blessings, spiritual blessings, but they're the more important blessings. And that's why Jesus said we follow him not for the things that perish, but the things that have eternal value. Those spiritual things determine even your physical status. So we try to bring about the, the blessing of his presence in us, the new life we have. Now we're on to the blessing of uh, healing. And yesterday, we touched on the blessing of the gift of righteousness, which is a major, major teaching of the gospel. Any church that doesn't teach that is not teaching the gospel. That's the first thing the gospel reveals, that God gives you righteousness. The prophets wrote it. Jesus accomplished it. The church receives it. And without that righteousness, you can't appear before God. Forget it. So we started to mention that, and that qualifies you, really. Enjoy the blessings of God. And today, I want to look at something that I think to some of you might be new, but a lot of you might not be new, but it's a fact all the same. The, 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 the blessing of healing, the blessing of prosperity, has three levels of faith to it. And in all those three levels of faith, all of them is the will of God. None is not the will of God. All of them is the will of God. Um, so you don't have to be ashamed or feel you are not in faith when you are operating at any of those levels. You are fine. You are good. And God will still heal you in those levels. Can I hear amen? Nobody should feel condemned. Nobody should say, oh, no, no, no. God will meet you at whatever level of those three you are, and you get your healing. Now, let's look at the scripture. General, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So God doesn't bring disaster to anybody. We try to debunk some of this and the devil is put in our way to say God made you sick. No way. God says, no, my plan for you does not include disaster. So don't ever associate God with making you sick. That's demonic lies. So when you put that out of the way, you, have, you are ready to enjoy what God gave Jesus to bring to you. Enjoy. You know, I was telling yesterday how I was so poor that my son suffered kwashoka. I'm not kidding you, real story. And then God was showing me that the devil is making you poor and not me. But the devil convinced me God was teaching me humility. So I accepted it. It was so bad, we didn't have food. And one day God showed me that devil, I saw it like I'm seeing you. He was wearing a rag. So when I saw it, I got really angry. I immediately I knew it was the demonic spirit that causes poverty. So I threw, I threw a chair at that spirit. Foolish me. 
How did I? <laughs> I threw a chair at the spirit. Immediately I threw the thing was by me, mocking me in my face like yeah. And all of a sudden, a sword came into my hand from nowhere, and I pierced it. That was the word of God. And I carried that entreat out of my house. And after that, God pointed me to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. That Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. You are, living under, you are living under the curse because of your ignorance. And my wife, the whole family, we studied that scripture. I don't know. Morning, afternoon, night, everything changed overnight. Everything changed overnight. God's plan for you is not to, is not to cause you disaster. God is such a loving God. Can I hear amen? amen? So in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but... I think I have to carry this thing because it's too, it's too sensitive. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Now listen to this scripture very well. When your mind is not renewed, you will not understand what I'm saying. You see, when your mind is renewed, you're going to discover something. You're going to prove, you're going to understand what is the good. That's one level of it. And acceptable. That's another level of it. And perfect will of God. Simple English will tell you that something good may not be really perfect. It's, it's, it's comparative, comparative degree that the Holy Spirit was doing. Remember I told you that he speaks in a, in a what? Ah, yeah, I forgot. Eh? Eh? It wasn't long I told you he uses metaphors. He uses allegories, he uses parables, he uses things. It's only those who desire to know the Spirit will explain these things. Jesus said, yeah, it's on purpose. So, because you people desire to know, so let me explain to you. So the, 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 what he's saying here is that there are three levels of faith that is the will of God. At which God can operate with you in your life. There is the good one. It's also acceptable to God. There is the acceptable one. Then there is the perfect one. There is the good. There is the acceptable there is a perfect one. But it says you will not understand these things unless your mind is renewed. So you can be going to church for 20 years and still not know it. So God has this perfect will for us in life. And it's easy to understand that. In Third John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest, number one, what? Prosper. And number two, what? To be in health is that you are not sick at all. That's what it means. Somebody is in health means he doesn't have any type of sickness continuously. That's what it means. He said, I want you to prosper and be in health, which means even, even no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. You be in health continuously. He said, I want you to do that above everything, but your soul has to prosper. Are you hearing me at all? And then he says to us, remember, he says that the blessing of God, it makes it uh, rich. It does not assure. The blessing of God, Christ himself, makes us rich. He is the blessing. Every other thing is the blessings that come from the blessing. If you don't have Christ, you don't have the blessing. That's what God told Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm your blessing. I'm the blessing. I'm your exceedingly great reward. I'm, I am the one. It, it, no matter where you are, if you're in the desert, as long as I'm there, the blessing will work. Because it's not by what you do, it's by my spirit. And the spirit of God can do anything, anywhere. And the church needs to come back to begin to trust the power of God. There's so much unbelief in the church. It's so sad. Very, very sad. Somebody came to me and said, Pastor, why is it that the church is too concerned about Corona? I go to the heathens, I'm not. 
<laughs> no, it's a good to the market. Everybody, nobody. So once you enter church, that's where they are. Someone was talking to me, and my wife was there. So we look at the we look at the perfect will of God, the perfect will of God, the first level of faith that God wants us to live in. But let me say this right away: not many people have lived it. That's why Jesus stayed. Not many people. So don't condemn yourself. I haven't even lived it, but it is Bible. So in Romans chapter fifteen, verse four. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So he's talking about the things that were written of old, that they were written to teach us. They have something to teach us. So let's go see what he teaches us. When God brought them out of Egypt, which is our kind of salvation. Remember Israel, God called Israel my first son. And he said to Pharaoh, if you don't leave my first son, I'll kill your first sons. And what God called Israel first on because it's physical demonstration of what the spiritual son will be like. Because God wanted to show us this thing, which is beyond human comprehension, so we can understand and follow. So in, in Psalm 105, 37, it's talking about a picture, a shadow of your salvation that Christ brought us. Say the Lord brought his people out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold. Does it look like prosperity? We are not talking. And not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. It means no accident. Not one. Egypt was glad when they were gone. <laughs> the devil will be so happy when you kick him out. I'll say yesterday, you don't find the devil. Forget about this thing. The Bible says we, we, we wrestle not against what? Flesh, but against the... Yeah, but that's not a confrontation. Look, the language that Jesus used is to cast him out. What you cast out is not a fight. To fact, I take this and I throw it away because I'm stronger than it. It's not a fight. If it's a fight, you can't say cast him out. It will say go struggle with him. Because Jesus already defeated him for you. If you say I'm fighting him, what you're saying is Jesus didn't defeat him. Let me finish it. I was saying it yesterday. How can you fight something under your feet? You don't know what the Bible is talking about. That's the Bible says when you have your mind renewed, you understand these things. Jesus said, I have finished this thing, made a public show of him. So what tell me for God's sake, what are you fighting? The one Jesus couldn't do. If the word, the word says cast him out, what was the struggle? Anything you can cast out is under your feet. Cast out Kikita in my name. The fight we have is a fight of faith where he tries to deceive you that he's what he's not. And then you spend 30 hours fighting him. I was, was, once, one time I was casting out the one in Lagos where I didn't know a lot. And man, this, this woman was falling all over. I was following this woman. At a point, I'm like, whoa, when will this end? So it was for everywhere. I was full. I say you go today. I I bind you. At the point, the Lord told me, "Say you're making that devil is making a fool of you." I said, "Really?" He says, "Making a fool of you. You don't know what you're doing." He said, "If you believe in my name, you speak my name, you get out the works." See, you don't have faith in my name. You are looking at that thing. You are wanting to see that thing stop. You are walking by faith. You will never go. Walking by sight. Sorry, it's not walking by faith. You don't have to see. Ah, I said, "This uh, is making a fool of me." Say, "I'm done with you." I said, the name of Jesus, I threw you out. That's it. And I left. The following day, the woman came and told me, he said, Pastor, that is something demons left me in the night. He came back to her senses without me being there. Why? The name of Jesus does the work. <laughs> Can you imagine all the power of heaven is invested in that name? All, the, all that God is, all, nothing left is invested in that name. Come on, talk to me, church. We don't believe these things. So I'm reading Psalm 105. What verse did I read last? He said, Egypt was glad when they were gone. 
for they feared them greatly. <laughs> the devil should fear you. The most fearful spirit is Satan. You say, Pastor, why, how do you know the Bible says so? The Bible says when he remembers that is God, he does what? You are not talking. He does what? What does trembling mean? He's fearful. All right now, he's fearful. He's the, he's the most fearful creature. And the most bold creature is the Christian who has the righteousness of Christ. Because the, the, the Bible says the righteous is a bold lion. The devil is as fearful as the devil is fearful. That's why he gives you fear, because he has fear. God doesn't have fear, not. God gives you faith. So he said, he said, the Lord spread a cloud above them as a covering and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. Don't you have the word of God that lights your way? Is it not what the scripture says? His word is lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Hasn't he given you his word? He says, they asked for meat. And he sent them quail. Is it, how do you pronounce it? Quail, quail? You don't know. I don't know. So whatever we call it, let it be. Send them quail. He satisfied their hunger with manna. Man, this is showing us what salvation brings. Bread from heaven. He split open a rock and water gushed out to them to form a river through the dry water, water land. For he remembered his sacred promise to his servant Abraham. God operates only on covenant. God is not confused. He, has, he operates from the beginning on covenant. He had a covenant with Adam. He said, don't do this, don't do this. We're good. Adam broke it, kicked him out. He had a covenant with Abraham, covenant with Israel, covenant with you. Say, God remembered his holy covenant to Abraham. And that covenant was not based on the law anyway. Covenant with Abraham. Because by the time Abraham was, there was no law. So God remembered that covenant to his servant Abraham. So he brought his people out of Egypt. We were brought out by grace. They were brought out by grace, not by the law. We were brought out also by grace. So he brought them out of Egypt with joy. His chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations and they harvested crops that others had planted. Talk of prosperity. I wish above all things that that matters what? Prosper. Sit here. There's no plan of God for you to be hungry. The, the Lord came to me one time when I was believing all this country. He said to me, he said, you, you. in fact, I preached something and he stopped me. In the, he said, what you are preaching is not my word. Because I told them, I said, look, I, I said, you people are so kind of, you, you, you are looking for... Um, Honey, what soup? Locks. I say, you want to shower with locks? I say, black soup is enough. Why are you doing with all this? I say, you people are so, so leave the world and follow. I was preaching this thing. I said, leave the world and follow Jesus. I don't want this world again. I said, I, 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 said, I, I, I ride a car. What's wrong with I was preaching it. And the Lord said to me, you're killing my people. He said to me, do, do you want your children to prosper? I say, yes. He said, so you're better than me then. Because what you're telling them, is that I created them to come and suffer. He said, what did you call that? Am I a father or what? You want your children to prosper, but I don't want my children to prosper because you are not holier than me and better than me. I said, no, I'm not better than you. He said, you are killing my children. He said, what you told them will never give them faith in me. They will never see my blessings. I have a living witness here. He said, you need to repent of that. I want them to prosper. I'm a good father. If you people know how to give your children good things, how do you think I, God, will deny my children good things that I created? Nobody does that. Nobody. Not even God. Nobody. They were convinced us. We're learning to be humble. It's not true. 
I've not seen anybody who is very poor who is really humble. He's, he's angry. No, there's no humility. No humility is sickness. The person is, man, if, you are, if you are sick, hey, man, I had one, I told you the pain I had. There's nothing like humility there. I could, no, no place was comfortable. Are you telling me? You don't want to be sick, I'm telling you. Hey, God wants you to prosper. You see all the amen you are saying doesn't even. Amen. Come on, say a bigger amen, come on. Yeah, it's because you have accepted all these things for a long time. So you are struggling. Is it true? Is it not true? And they harvested crops others had planted. All this happened so they will follow his decrees, obey his instructions. He says, praise the Lord. He says, I did this. So let them now go and worship me with what I gave them. Let them go and worship me with what I gave them. In Deuteronomy 29, 5. For 40 years, I led you through the wilderness. Yet, you are closed and sandals did not wear out. Fuck off. This is, this, is old co- this is covenant inferior to the one we are praying. God said there was no accident. They don't stumble. Their clothes, their shoes didn't even wear out. 40 solid years, 3 million people. Why? Because of the covenant of Abraham. This is the perfect will of God. Why there's no sickness, no stumbling, no accident, nothing. Okay, let me show you another scripture. Psalm 91 from verse 11. For he shall give his angels... Charge over who? Oh, you're not talking. I, I don't like this much because I, I want to see your mouth. But no, don't put off your mouth, please. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Put on your mask. We should wear a mask. Please, let's put on. It's, it's okay to obey the government, to obey the CDC. They know what they're doing and we thank God for each one of them. Their job is not easy because they face, they face a lot of opposition, criticism. But we're grateful to God for what they're doing. So put on your mask. But I can still see you behind the mask. So he says, for he shall give his angels charge over thee. To what? Keep thee in some of your ways. All of it. No accident, no stumbling. God said they didn't stumble. None of them stumbled over rock. In the desert, there's a lot of rock. God said they never stumble. I kept them. The angels kept them. He said the same thing for you. God's perfect plan is no sickness, live in health, live in prosperity, no accident, no stumbling. His angels keeping you. That's the perfect plan of God. But nobody has lived there yet. It's a few people. Exodus 15, 25. And he said, If thou would diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, this is this covenant with Moses. This is the covenant with Moses now. If thou would diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and would do that which is right in his sight, and would give ear to his commandments, and keep all. Did you see the word all? Am I talking to you? Did you say the word keep what? All. It's not that I, I, I have 90%. God said I demand 100%. Think about it. This covenant with Moses, when the law came, God didn't say this to Abraham. There was no law. All that Abraham needed to do was believe God. That's what we need to do today. And so he said now, now there's this commandment. You have to keep all his status, all of them, without fear. To start, with, to start with, the sin of Adam is on upon all of them. So there's no chance of even qualifying. He says, when you do that, then I will put none of these diseases upon thee, now, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that what? Perfect will of God. He said, no, I stay hold that perfect will, but now conditioned on keeping all. You can read Deuteronomy 7 for yourself, verse 12 to 15. But you know, this condition, they couldn't keep it. Because it's impossible to keep that's why many Christians go and they stay under the cross. 
I'm telling you the truth. And they teach them, come under grace, and they enjoy it. They know I want to be under, under the law, and the cause is following them everywhere. So this condition is, is based on them keeping all the laws of God, which they never did because you could read their history. So many times they go into captivity. For years they're suffering there. They'll be serving people. They'll be slaves. These are the people God says you should prosper and be in health. But now they're slaves. They're strange lands because they will not keep this. There was no prosperity there. And they say, how can we sing the lost song in a strange land, going into captivity? Because they didn't keep all his commandments. So God came and brought a new covenant through Christ and you. This one is not based on what you do. Please, understand it. It is based on what Christ did. Hebrews 6, 8, 6. But now, but now had he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator, which means he initiated this covenant, he mediated it, mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Said if that first covenant with Moses was faultless, then there's no need for this one. Now it says, for finding fault with them, with them, not with God. He said, behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, which is the church, and with the house of Judah, which is the church, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers, which said you walk in all these status. Not according to that anymore. When I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, they couldn't keep it. And I regarded them not, because that's a covenant. If you don't keep it, I don't regard you. They reg- I regarded them not. They said, no, this new covenant is not going to be like that one, which I said to them, you have to obey all the status to get this first one. No, no sickness, no accident, nothing. Hebrew 9, 13. Under the old system, the blood of goods and bulls and the ashes of a high fire could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurities. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, listen to this church, listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God. Thank you, Jesus. Offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He says, that is why, because of this offering, is why, church, not because of what you do, because of this offering. Because if it's according to what we do, we'll fall into the same problem they had. Because of this perfect sacrifice. That is why. He is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people. That is why. Don't invent any other thing. That is why you can walk in health. You can prosper. That is why. Hey, talk to somebody. Don't go near. Just talk to them and say, that is why. Uh, Shout it across. Come on. That is why. That is why. Brethren, that is why you shouldn't be sick. That is why you should walk in perfect. That first, that first level is still available today. The Bible says when you get your mind renewed, you discover it. When you discover it, you start walking in. Say, don't follow the pattern of this world. 
They don't know these things. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive, can receive. Did I see the word receive? Can receive what I was supposed to receive? The eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. What is an inheritance? Blessings, the things that belong to you, that God gave to you, eternal inheritance, God has promised them. That's the reason you receive this thing. That is why he offered himself, he established, he said, I'm not the mediator of this covenant. I guarantee it for you. I'm the, I signed it, handed it over to you with his blood. Is anybody following me? If I follow me, shout hallelujah. I'm not done. For Christ died. Do you see the last one? For Christ died. Did you see that? Can you read that? My, I can read it from here. Your own is both. Okay, let's read for, together. I want to go for to set ah for Christ died to set me free. Okay, let's go. I want to go for Christ died to set me free from the penalty of the sins they have. I have committed under the first covenant. He said under the first covenant is because it's the law that defines sin. Through the knowledge of the law is sin. Without the law, there's no sin. Until you make a law, there's no sin. The Bible says the sin was, but it was not imputed when there was no law. So you can't say I broke the sin when there's no law. It's the law that defines sin. That's why when you teach the law and teach the law, people keep committing sin. Because the law does not break the power of sin. It's only Jesus that breaks the power of sin. Can I hear amen? amen? When you teach the law, people get so religious, so religious, but they are not changing. Oh, you want to see what I'm saying? Bring money. Oh, no, bring 100,000 naira. You notice whether there is a real certification or not. If I don't have to go far. Bring cake and tell the church to come and be cutting. And watch sanctification for you. All this mouth, mouth pretense, there's nothing there. So he set us free from the penalty of sin that the Lord defined. All of us. Can we read that one again, please, before we go on? That last one, for Christ, what? Let's go. Praise the Lord. Psalm 89, 34. My covenant will I not break. This is an unbreakable covenant. Totally unbreakable. Nor alter the things that are gone out of my lips. Once I've sworn to my holy, by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. This covenant is unbreakable. Because Jesus had died. He can't undie. <laughs> he died for you. He offered that sacrifice. He can't undie. He can't undo it. It's unbreakable. God said I can't even break it. For eternity, whoever puts his trust on Christ, faith in Christ will not be put to shame. For eternity. So we depend on Christ from beginning to the end to enjoy this first level of faith. It's, it's a faith proposition. Faith proposition. Galatians 3.10. But those who depend on the Lord to make them right with God are under his cause. You see, you teach people grace. They don't want to hear grace. They want to teach me law. Why do you love causes? Why do you want to live under sickness and all that kind of things? For those who depend on the Lord to make them right with God, to make God accept them, are under his cause. For the scripture says, cost is everyone who does not observe, observe and do all the commandments. Anybody here who has done all? See, let's see your hand. Then we pray for you. You're a liar. Anybody done all? Eh? What's to obey God? How many have you obeyed? Even the, the lies you've told in the last one week. I mean, we should learn to humble ourselves and make yourself of no reputation. 
Let Christ take all the glory. Then he will lift you up from glory to glory and make you what you would be. He's the one that transforms. He's the one that makes us what we are. We can make ourselves. Because it's everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. Continue. Verse 11. So it is clear then. That's why it's referred. That's why God said that covenant is not good enough. So it is clear that no one, no one, no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says it is true faith that a righteous person has what? Life. Faith in that sacrifice. Because of that sacrifice, life comes to us. Healing comes to us. Protection comes to us. The last line in that verse, is it verse 12? Is the last one. This way of faith is different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But nobody does that. We might as well choose the first one. So this, this, this covenant with Abraham, with, with Christ, this covenant we have with God through Christ, is dependent, conditioned on faith. And faith is an act of the prosperity of the soul. You can't have faith when you're ignorant. Your soul must prosper. That's why it says, I wish above all things that thou mightest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospered. So you can't be ignorant. The Bible says, my people are destroyed because they are what? Ignorant. Your soul must prosper. You must know these things that Christ provided you. If you I didn't know them, and I paid great price for it. But when God gave me that revelation, Galatia 3, 13 and 14, I redeemed you from this thing. And I started teaching my family everything. No prayer, no everything. Just boom, like that changed. So not believing these things will stop you because you have this self-proposition of faith. It will stop you. And you know, carnal-mindedness leads to death. It leads to it cause fellowship between you and God. Carnal-mindedness does not agree with God. It's a, a mindset that is based on what you see. It's a dangerous thing to have. It is very, very disadvantageous to you. The only way to overcome the devil is to live a spiritual life. If you want to overcome the devil all the time, live a spirit-filled life. If you live a spirit-filled life, you will know what is of the devil and know what is of God. If you live a spirit-filled life, you can resist the devil by your spirit all the time. But if you live a carnal life, he will eat you like lunch. Simple. It doesn't matter what you do in church. Don't do, it's not interesting in all of that. It's by your spirit you overcome the devil. It's by your spirit you resist. It's by your spirit the faith works. You live, it is in your own interest to listen. The Bible says, hey, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind and stop being carnal. It said, spirit life. When you have a spirit life, it leads you to life. When you have a carnal life, it leads you to death. It said, people who are carnal cannot receive from God, cannot understand God. Why do you want to be carnal? And carnality shows in the character. Because you see, all that fruit, that, all that work of the flesh is a product of carnal mind. You don't have to ask. Say, by their fruits you shall. When you live a spirit filled life, the fruit of the spirit will be oozing out of you. Because that's a product of that. And let me say one thing. When you live this carnal life, listen to me, church. Oh, when you live this carnal life, you walk in darkness. And when you walk in darkness, the devil has a legal right to attack you. Because you came into his domain. He's the prince of what? So why are you doing there? What are you doing there? You are supposed to walk in the light where Christ is, where you have fellowship with him. But you stray, you're so carnal, you don't want to stop all this carnality. Hey, quarreling, you are there. You won't forgive. Oh my God, to forgive, wahala, how can I? If you can't forgive yourself and your mouth is poison because out of the abundance of carnal heart, you speak carnal things. You curse people, you love gossip. 
In fact, if you are not there when they gossip, you ask them what was said. Say, sister, I wasn't there. Can you bring me up a little? <laughs> and listen to me. That will make you sick. You just, you just operating in the realm of darkness. It will hinder your faith. You're just telling the devil you have a right. The devil has a legal right to attack you if you come into his realm. He has a legal right to attack you because he, was on, he said, this is my domain. You left your own and came there. Do you know how many people are still bearing grudge over what happened many years ago? Are still bearing It's still in their heart. The pastor, I forgive you, no? Eh? In fact, eh? I have forgiven. Mm. Pastor, praise the Lord. It won't help you. It will help you to go to God and say, Lord, I find it difficult to forgive. Be sincere. Why? The devil will attack you. Huh. The Bible says, he said, look, we have moved from death to life because we love the brethren. He said, but he that hated his brother abided in death, but that abided in darkness. That's why you are. Should we pray the truth from the pulpit? Many people can't forgive. I remember when I used to talk to my wife. Don't tell anybody this story. Tell my wife, I said, this is the way you do this thing. And she said, honey, that's not the language of a Christian. You know, you don't say this is the way. Because you are confessing something that's not true. And then you still bear it in your mind. I say, ah, that's true. Do you think I changed immediately? I said it over and over. Until I realized that that was opening the door to the devil. Attack me. The Bible says we should lock off the door. Close the door against him. It's your job, it's my job. Are you following me? Carnal mindedness is dangerous. Get out of it. It will rob, it will make you very religious. So your life will not show the glory of Christ at all. It will make you extremely religious. Oh, religion is not spiritual thing. Anybody can be religious. But the life of Christ, the glory of Christ, you won't see. Praise the Lord. I think I want to read the Peter to you. First Peter 3, 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life, if you want to live this first grade of faith, enjoy life, and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking, stop lying, from telling lies. Because that's a product of carnal mind. A spirit life doesn't tell lie. God doesn't lie. You speak by the spirit. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. If you want to see good days. Carnal mindedness is a dangerous thing. It is it's just as dangerous as a heart that is not committed to Christ. If your heart is not committed to Christ, the devil will use it as a playfield. Because it's that commitment that, that, that locks you into Christ. As I'm committed to him. But you're not committed to him. You come to church and go, bro, bro. the devil will use your mind and play football. Are you hearing me? Not many people say yes. But I'm telling you the truth. Romans 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's where you begin to know distance. Now, the second level of faith is the second plan, the acceptable will of God. In this second level of faith, God will heal you by his power. Can I hear amen? Without medicine. 
no natural process to heal you. Divine intervention directly to heal you. Divine intervention to help you prosper. Divine intervention with no natural help. That is second acceptable level. And then he can do it when he wants. You can't tell him. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. So this intervention of the Spirit of God according to his will. You don't, you don't initiate this, he does. John chapter 6, we show you another example. When Jesus saw him lie, I knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, will thou be made whole? The man didn't invite, didn't even know who Jesus was. That was God initiating this kind of intervention. The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and do what? Walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the, the same day was Sabbath. This was a direct intervention of God to heal a Christian, to heal somebody. No medicine no natural process involved. That's the acceptable, the second level of faith. And it is okay. It's the will of God. But you know you can initiate that too. God can initiate it and you too can initiate it. Because you can go to God in prayer and God will intervene for you. Can I hear amen? You can initiate it anytime. James 5.14 Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Yeah, you can initiate it. You can initiate this one. Pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, not medicine. Direct intervention of the Spirit of God. We save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. No medicine, no doctor, nothing. Direct intervention, God will raise him up. Pam, pam, pam. That's the second level. God will raise him up, and if you have committed sin, they'll be forgiving him. Mark 2, 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my foot, roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He chose. He decided the word of God is enough for me. He started to believe the word of God, it worked for him. You can initiate it. Even today, you can believe the word of God, it works for you. So you can pray, you can initiate it. It's all act of faith, all of it. That's why I said three levels of faith. Then the third level of faith, very interesting, because this is where the majority live. Look. If I, if, if, I, if, I, if I need to go to hospital, I will go. It is not unbelief to go to hospital. I'm your pastor. If I need to go and see a doctor, I will go. And the first doctor I will see is Dr. Wobu. If he charges me, I'll drag him here, tell the whole church, carry this man out. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> but if I want to go to a doctor, believe you me, I'll choose a Christian doctor first. I'm not kidding. I'll choose somebody I know who has prayed before coming. I know the spirit working in him. So that two of us can... Yes, so because there are a lot of things in this world we don't know. I'll choose a Christian doctor. If I want to go and see a Christian, anything, a professional, I'll choose a Christian professional first, first, first. Because I know he prays, he led by the Spirit, and we can come there and share a little and pray a little. You know, I'm telling you, I personally, that would be my choice. So if, if I need a doctor, believe you me, I'll go. That's not unbelief. It is not lack of faith. It is good. It is good will of God. It is good will of God. Can I hear Amen. So don't look, don't look down on yourself because you went to hospital. That's not unbelief. It is will of God. It is good. That's the good. We have the acceptable. We have the perfect. I have not lived in the perfect yet. Nobody has. But this good one, thank God for this good one. Can I hear amen? 
And I, let me explain what this good one means. You know, you know the medicine that, we, that they give us is just to enhance the natural process to heal you. Like this vaccine you receive is to make your body generate antibodies. If your body can't generate antibodies, that vaccine is worthless. They use this nanotechnology to inject something that instructs your, your cells to produce antibodies against coronavirus. So it is, your, it is the natural process that it, they trigger out. Your, your, that your flesh is healing is a natural process. You get what I'm saying? It's a natural process. So the medicine really is to, is to make the body do what only the body can do. And God put it there, even before doctors were born. Before Dr. Wobu went to medical school. Why am I not even a doctor? Dr. Emmanuel, too. Ah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Let me call myself doctor a little. Honey, now I'm a doctor, too, right? Yeah. So it's nature that is what God put in there that they use chemicals to make to do things. Cell divisions that heal, you know, that heal your cells. You know, the body begins to multiply and heal itself, heal itself. It generates itself. The medicine makes it do that. Now, listen to this. When you pray and you're in hospital and divine intervention comes, it makes that natural process do faster than medicine can do. That's the good will, good will of God. It's God is using the natural process to heal you. But the divine power makes it do faster and do better and do more powerful than medicine can make it do. So you find that you are healed faster. And then let me tell you the second thing. Oh, this is amazing. They can tell you, oh, after giving you chemo, you may not have children again. No. If you pray under divine intervention using chemo, after that chemo, you have as many children as you want. Because when God intervenes through natural means, there is no impediment. He heals you beyond medicine and heals you perfectly, restores you perfectly. Are you getting my point? There was one sister here that now in Florida. She had cancer of the breast. And then she called me. I was started sharing scriptures. And she would share with my wife. And that, you know, that cancer disappeared. They didn't see it again. But the, the husband said, doctor, you know, if you are a doctor, ah, God bless doctors, so we need them. They are wonderful people. Please, if you go to your, their doctor's office, respect those people. Don't go there and be telling them I'm not sick. You are sick. That's why you came there. <laughs> Stop all these things, please. It is very, very insulting what we do. Call it faith. Why did you leave your house to go to him? You are sick. The Bible says, is there any sick among you? So you can be sick. You, are, you went there because, don't go and be telling him I'm not sick. Then go home. If, oh, oh, God knows why I'm not a doctor. I will tell you to leave my office, my friend. You are sick. That's why you came. Pastor, doctor, I am sick. That's why I came. But I trust God to use you to help me. That would be something more reasonable. That, that's why they hear they, they mock Christianity. Oh, doctor, I'm sick. I have pain here. I have this thing here. But I'm, I trust God that, you know, through you, God will help me. What they're saying is there will be divine intervention that will use this thing to put me back to perfect health. So I was sharing. See, the lumps disappeared, but the husband being a doctor insisted on surgery. So they said, we'll give, do, give her the chemo, and they say we won't have babies again. Because this was the goodwill of God, divine intervention using natural means. After all those things, she had three more children. You see all those things they say, oh, after we give you this and give you this, you may not be able to do this. No. Once God is involved, you will, you will be restored perfectly. You will do all those things. Well, well, well. But if God is not involved and you get natural healing, that's when they say, ah, you will not be able to have children if we give you this medicine and you will not be able. Because all that 
happened to you was only natural process. I'm not communicating to you. But when you, when you begin to pray and there's a divine move that uses, that intervenes and begin to make the nature to heal you, make nature to do its work, the creator of nature will perfect it. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. You know, after my birthday, every time the devil will come and tell me, say, you know your age, you can't do this anymore. You can't do this anymore. I said, devil, shut up. There's a spirit in me that renews my youth. I said, you're not reading the Bible, but I'm reading. I said, there's a spirit in me that renews. It helps your natural means and brings it at, with a power that nobody can make it do. So I can do all things. I feel like dancing. I mean, this is so good to be a Christian. Why, why are people not Christians? This is beautiful. Praise the Lord. So, and God can initiate this. God can. Because God sent somebody to go get medicine. See, God shows us these things in the Bible to show, this is my goodwill for you. you. I can operate here at this level. I can operate at this one. I can operate at the other one. I love you so much, I gave you different options. The important thing is get well and don't die. So you remain and let us be doing house fellowship. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, look at, look at what God did to this man. In... Um, how many of you remember that God gave to somebody to go and get medicine? Who was that? Ezekiah. Isaiah 38, 20 to 22. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore he will sing my songs to the stringent instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. For Isaiah has said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. God said, go get me and put it on this thing. His care also has said, what is the sign that I shall, I shall go up to the house of the Lord? He said, get, the, get that and put it on your boy. And God used natural means to restore his health. So going to hospital is good. Do your, do your yearly uh, medical checkup. It's, it's wonderful. Go and see your dentist. If your wife starts giving you um, mint all the time, you should go and see your dentist. That's what she's telling you is, honey, that something is uh, not right here. Don't let your, all your teeth decay. Go and see your eye doctor if you need to see one. God will use those means to heal you. Don't feel bad. Don't feel you are not doing the right thing. You are doing the right thing. But if the Spirit of God instructs you to feed you the world to operate at this acceptable level, where he heals you by direct intervention, awesome. You should not act beyond the level of faith you have. Don't be ashamed of that. Again, when you go to your doctor, please, please, please respect them. They are very, very noble professionals. Study this thing, helping, saving millions of lives. You should really honor them and not insult them. Before I close, I want to show you something. Matthew 18, 34. Oh, sorry, no, that, not that one. Matthew 8, Matthew 8, verse 17. Matthew 8, 17. Let's, let's push ourselves up to receive directly from God. And I hear amen. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our what? And removed our what? Is this a fact or not? I want us to read it before I leave you. Want to go, let's go. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took my... Ah, don't make our. General faith will not heal you. You have to make it personal. I said it. That's how you got saved now. Before you got saved, why are you not going to church and singing about Jesus? 
But there was a day you made, you had a, it became your personal Lord and Savior. You made it personal that day. So you can make healing personal. That's when it works for you. So let's go. Let's make it personal. I want to go. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, he took my and removed my. Let's read it again. He took my and removed my. Let's say it one more time. He took my and removed my. I want to invite you to rise up and begin to worship him if you believe these things. You know, there's a lot to teach about healing. Can't finish it in these three days. But at least we're giving you some key things. You know, some key things. I want you to begin to worship him if you really believe he took your sicknesses away and healed you. Yeah. If you believe. The Bible says, get your mind renewed so you begin, to, you begin to live. You can go from glory to glory. You are at the good will of God. You can go to the acceptable level. You can also go higher to the perfect one. You can live at any level of faith at any time. 